You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 130, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, Discount Comic Book Service, and the Netflix. See, when you do it, you can't do a little witty thing at the end. Well, hello there. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 130. My name is Josh. I'm the biggest asshole on the internet. I'm here with Ron. Hey. <laughs> and Connor. Hello. iFanboy.com. See, I'm, I'm adjusting this because it sounds more folksy, and I think that people will relate to it more. Does that work for you or guys? They'll, or they'll think you're making fun of someone. No, no. I'm trying to be folksy like uh, like that guy from the Motel 6 ads. Or the... Or the <laughs> we'll, we'll leave the light on. Yeah. Tom Bodette. Yeah. Uh, or, or like Sam Elliott. Okay, well, why don't we move on? All right, at iFanboy.com, we like comics, and we read a lot of them. Every week, we'll take a bunch of them. And now you're doing George Bush. No, yeah, that's, that's what I meant before. Well, no, you're doing George Bush. It's because I love just do him. normally? I love him so much. Why don't you just do it? That's Josh from Maine. Yeah, I don't even that's, know that's, how to, Josh from Maine? That's your normal voice. You're like uh, Phil Hartman. You don't know what your normal voice sounds like anymore. I've also been <laughs> shot. So let's get this done with as quickly as possible. <laughs> iFanboy.com is a comic book website that us three buddies here have put together. We love each other so much. Uh, and uh, we love comics, so uh, we do a show about them. That's this one. Every week we read all our comics. One of us will pick the very best one uh, that they that they read, write a review about it. Then we come here and we talk about that book and all the other books that we read that we want to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk about the books in this past week. So if you haven't read them, there will probably be spoilers. And we don't want to ruin it for you. So either skip around using the show notes or... Or uh, come back later after you've read everything. With that being said, Connor, you've surprised us all. You could use the force to skip around too if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Just guess. Well done. Well done. (laughs) Um, It's been a while since we've had a qualified pick of the week. And I'm not going to qualify this one so much except to say there was no super great book this week. Yeah, it was like the, yeah. the last couple of weeks there have been super great books every week, like a month in a row. Yeah, and this week there was two very good books, um, and then and then the rest are all very mediocre. I thought for me, I, so I, see, I read some really good books this week. I had a lot. I only had like six or so, but I had some strong books. I no, I don't. I, there, there were actually no bad books, but it was all very. There were a lot of very average. Like that was good, but not great. Nor was it bad. But there was two really really good books, and one was Justice League of America number twenty which is the pick of the week from Dwayne McDuffie and Ethan Van Skyver. And um, as people who listen to the show know, especially I think last week was the Flash talk, right? We know that the yes. Flash, the Flash since Wally West has been back, has been pretty awful. Uh, not just the book, but the character himself. He's got no direction. He seems lost. They don't know, no one seems to know what, what to do or how to write him. And he's not the guy that, that we all love that, jo- that Ron has a big print of on his living room wall. My my lithograph's actually a Barry Allen, but yeah, okay, I'll go with it. Is it, is it Barry Allen? It's a Barry Allen, yeah. It's animated, I thought. I thought. Yeah, no, but that's Barry Allen. It's not Wally. All right, well, yeah, Flash is Flash. We talk at night. <laughs> you can't see his boots, can you? Anyway. Because the, the um, Flashes have different boots. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this issue, Justice League of America, is... is um, Dwayne McDuffie came on as the writer to much fanfare because he was a Justice League cartoon writer, uh... After being a super comic book writer for a lot many years, and uh, people were looking forward to the, the ship being righted because a lot of people didn't like Melter's run. Some people did, Josh did, but other people didn't like it. Um, yeah, right. 
And what happened to McDuffie is they he's, they they came on and, and from reports uh, on the web is is that he got a lot of editorial interference in his work. Um, and then the last story arc was co-written by him and and somebody I think it was Alan Burnett. It was Alan Burnett. Yeah. Well, also was an animated writer. Um, but in fact, it was, I believe it got to a point where Alan Burnett was writing and, and McDuffie was doing the backup. Yeah, and yeah. it was thrust in the middle of the Salvation Run storyline and nobody was reading, so people were really pissed off. And I know a lot of people on the on the website and the forums dropped Justice League because of that. Um, but this is the first issue that I in a while that McDuffie has written on his own. It's all one story. And it was really, really good because Dick McDuffie really gets the characters. And that's something that you see from the cartoon and now in the book is that he understands the Flash. He understands Wonder Woman. That's what the story's about is Wonder Woman and the Flash. Um, it, starts, it starts off with Flash fighting a forest fire, which Wonder Woman shows up to help with, which is something they did in Rucka's Wonder Woman comic, which, strangely enough, they fought a forest fire together. Um, and the Wonder Woman basically takes him aside and says, what the hell's wrong with you? Which is basically the question we've all been asking for a few months is, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? And he starts complaining about his family commitments, and he's he's all discombobulated from being from the future. And she tells him to suck it up, and you know he's be the Flash. If you're going to be the Flash, you got to deal with that and being the Flash too. And and uh, they run off to fight the Hive, and then in the course of that, they you know the Flash realizes he's got to be the man and be the Flash, and and it ends in a really nice note. He runs off to to accept all of his responsibilities at once and stop being a whiny little bitch. Thank God. No. Now the only question is, will this carry over? And I doubt it will. I, I think it's probably just something that McDuffie's writing on his own, and the disaster will continue on in the Flash regular book. But um, there's a couple of great things about this book. One, number one, is is he, he really gets the characters. Those are really he really writes a great Flash. He writes a great Wonder Woman, McDuffie. Uh, two, Van Skyver's art was just fantastic. And three, um, it was a it was a rehabilitation of a character that I really like that has been bad for a while. So those three elements combined together made for a really, really, really good Justice League comic we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. That, um, that was awesome, I thought. When I when I read I read my books, and this is actually one of the first books I read because I saw The Flash prominently on it, and, I, and, and then I didn't even check to see what you had picked yet, and then after I read it, I went to the website, and I was like, thank God he picked it, because this is what <laughs> we want. This is what I want out of The Flash. This was Wally West. It was, right. you know, and it didn't even, it didn't dodge the fact that the kids were introduced. The key, he ref- refers to the kids. He talks about them, but we don't see the, the, the five-year-old boy hulking up, you know, like, it, th- thank God the kids and, and Linda weren't in it. And it was just so it was a breath of fresh air, and it was just like it was a great. It was just it's what the Flash should be, and I hope I hope I hope they, you know, carry this through into the Flash series, but I doubt they will. So, but um, at least maybe in Justice League we can get a good Wally. So Mark Wade is uh, it was... a crazy bubble. Forget it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> can you imagine? Mark Wade's not writing anymore. Oh, he isn't. He's been gone for weeks, dude. Weeks? That would <laughs> months, be one months, months. I mean months. I mean like issues. Yeah, like Tom Rainey's been writing it for the past the past art, two story arcs. Isn't he an yeah. artist? No, um, no, no. Look at me. Ignorant is all hell. Go on. <laughs> um, there was there was something else I mentioned in the in the iFanboy mini I did in the show, which was there was a little bit of coloring I really really liked was that they gave Wally green eyes. I thought that was a really good observation, and that was a really nice touch. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, at first, it's strange because you're not used to seeing green-eyed characters in comics. Or at least I'm not. You just you know everyone's kind of got nebulous brown or blue eyes. Yep. And it's it set him apart. It set him apart as, some, as an individual. Like, you, you know, he's got a recognizable feature now. Like, through his mask, you see green eyes, and it's, it's just... He'd stand next to Wonder Woman, and it would just—he would look different, which was, which I thought was a really strong touch. It was really striking, and it was really, and and it, and it was a lot of. There was a lot of um, as much action as there was in this issue. There was a lot of character moments, and mm-hmm. 
you know, well, that's like, what people wanted from McDuffie when he came on the book. He just got railroaded by DC. Or exactly. And what I thought thought was really interesting was like the probably the best scene of the whole thing is the meeting on top of the you know you know Keystone City or Central City esque Washington Square Park arch, um, right. um, where Wonder Woman basically you know kind of you know lectures Wally about shirking his responsibilities. And what was really interesting was that you know it starts off where it's just kind of these really you know this a really great page where it's got you know a big kind of you know long shot of them standing on it with kind of little panels. That are kind of getting closer and closer to their heads, and then you turn the page and 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 you you this is actually in the mini video, um, a kind of almost like Dark Knight esque or you know Frank Miller esque, um, you know uh, where their their bodies are silhouetted except for the the gold highlights of their costumes. So like yeah. the Flash's ears and his his belt and his wrists and his boots and Wonder Woman's tiara and her belt were like the only things that you could that were really colored. Um, but then it, then it goes back to really kind of tight close-ups to their faces, and that's where you see the green eyes, and that's where it really kind of comes through. Yeah. Um, but I had to laugh too because I just I just love Wonder Woman, you know, lecturing Wally about shirking. You know, he doesn't come to meetings, he doesn't do monitor duty. You know, it's just, it's just, you know especially <laughs> listening to Tom versus the JLA talking about the the bureaucracy of the JLA of the early eighties. I was like, oh, are we going back here? It's like, <laughs> you haven't filled out any of the paperwork. Look at yeah, these CPS like, reports. I know it's like she's like she's like you know S- Superman was very upset when you, when he didn't respond to a distress call and he just and he's like I was indisposed you know That's like, such a, was, like you didn't write that we sent you the email and you didn't respond we put yeah. a read receipt on it you could have just clicked yes listen I, <laughs> I don't the best know. is when when he's asking she's like telling him that Superman's pissed and he's like well what did Batman say and Batman goes recruit Jay Garrick at least you know he's slower but we can count on him to show up <laughs> like, just like it's funny to see the politics within the Justice League which I like yeah. so yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a great issue. It was really, really good. And I thought it was really interesting because ever since Mel- Melter's run, he has dropped the little the, – the seed of a storyline with Black Lightning. And I felt as if this very subtly with only one panel continued that. You know, yep. like – Something else people, I saw mentioned was that people were, were annoyed that it was only three members of the Justice League in this issue, which is – it's not unusual to have a, a spotlight issue where they focus on only a small part of the team. It's something that normally happens in right. the team books. You don't always – Every issue won't always have the full team. Sometimes you just you just focus the the lens tightly on two or three characters, and that's what this was was about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really really strong. I read this about halfway through the stack, and I thought, wow, that's going to be really tough to beat. And um, only one other book even came close to that. We'll get to that book later. But yeah, um, if you jumped off the book, I would say you should jump back on at least pick this one up because this is a really great standalone one issue story. And if you really like the Justice League or these characters, you I think you really like it. I, I would I would be shocked if anybody didn't like this who liked this like this book. Yeah. So it was really good. I, I second your pick. It was uh, it was a good week for conversational books. Then is what you're saying. Well, I don't know if it was good. No, no. Just uh, people just sort of talking, sitting in a book, talking to each other a lot. Right. Well, I, I think it was okay in Justice League. I don't think it was. In, it was okay in Mighty Avengers, though. <laughs> really, Mighty Avengers twelve was a big disappointment. Really? Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, Swing totally. and a miss. The proof that Bendis can strike out at the plate has finally happened. Is this the prevailing wisdom? No, no. You mean the, what, what's the prevailing I wisdom? It. I don't. I don't. Know. What was the problem? I I I thought it was. I, I thought Maliev's art was good at times and ridiculously confusing at times. I thought, I thought the, I, I, Nick I thought, Fury's face changed about ten times. Yep, that's exactly. I thought, he was Bruce Willis in the beginning. 
I thought the pace, and then he was, and then he was Nick Fury from the Ultimates for a little bit, and then and um, Dominic Purcell from Prison Break in the middle. Yeah, and um, I thought that it was. I thought the storytelling and the pacing was just really just kind of kludgy. Um, the fact that when he's cloaked, invisible cloaked, and he's standing on the hotel spying on the girl who turns out to be a scroll, and he looks at his little handheld device, and it's a handspring visor, a handspring visor from like 2001. It's like that's not Shield tech. Um, but it, that's a nitpick. that was a nitpick. I'm understanding. Really, really. I mean, like the only thing that that kind of that kind of um, that kind of saved it was just the scene with him and him and Maria um, Maria Hill on the helicarrier, yeah. and the the idea of that Fury's getting back in the game. But even I thought the 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 uh, the Spider Woman scene at the end was like. I mean, it was like Believe trying to do Chaken. From an art standpoint, I thought the art was a, was a, was like I love Malieve. Malieve's one of my favorite art guy. Me too. Doesn't I, work, but I thought the art was a disaster. In this. It was no, wildly it was inconsistent. Yeah, it was just yep. it was weird. It just this whole book had a really weird feeling. And yep. and and I'm gonna you know I mean you know say what you will whatever, but you look at that cover and what the fuck you know. So that's just me though. Well, the cover the cover uh, points to the overall storyline, which is anybody's a scroll. But that's right. But nobody in nobody in nobody. It's it's a it's a, it's a redo of an, a classic cover. It's like a Marvel Zombies cover, which makes sense for Marvel Zombies. But like for this, like you know, put Fury on the cover for Christ's sake, you know, or at least put that I on the cover of one that actually has to do with the Avengers. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, honestly, this 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 story. I mean, I don't understand why this story was in is in Mighty Avengers. I mean, like Mighty Avengers now seems to be becoming the the Mighty Avengers weren't in this story. Like this is almost well, should have been like a one shot or an annual. Well, or that's something. because that's because now the Avengers books are part of the, the storyline, so they're yeah. going to be basically another chapter of the story. It's not right. going to be. Yeah. It, so anything could happen in any, any book. It just didn't feel like Fury to yes. me. Yes. It did. The character didn't feel like Nick Fury. He didn't look like Nick Fury. Yep. Um, I don't know enough of Marvel history to be at all shocked by who the scroll reveal, which which was promised to me in the solicitation to be major, and I don't know who this woman is. I don't know who she is either. She's been around so forever. Was, she was uh, Nick's. No, she has been. I had to look her up, but I, I don't know stuff. that. Yeah, no, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, they should. I mean, that's that's really marketing's fault. They shouldn't market it as a major reveal if it's a character that you know that's anytime it's only, a character who isn't new, they'll they'll be like it's major. I mean, like that's just that's like book selling out. They just say it. Listen, Lockjaw has a blue circle around him. Right. And what does that mean? That he's okay? Listen, Lockjaw has a blue circle around him. Darkhawk, <laughs> no circle. <laughs> so Dr. you make Dr. Make, Strange red circle. Like, I don't know what, what the circles saying. mean. I yeah. was so happy. I was like, oh my god, Sentry's a scroll. Wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, the first thing I saw was Sentry with a circle. I was like, all right, sweet. Oh, wait a minute. No. Oh. I did like I did like when after Fury got away from the helicarrier and Maria Hill's talking to the guy and she's like, you know, how did he get away? He's like, he's got a cloaking device. And yeah. she's standard issue. He's like, level nine and up. I don't have one. It's like, yeah. it's like again, the bureaucracy. I like it. You know what? I, I thought the only strong part was the Fury Maria Hill scene. The whole, you know, the, the whole showing up in her bed and then jumping out. That was a really good scene. But everything before and after that, I, I did I, not. I liked the enjoy. Jessica yes. Drew scene. Uh, but even that felt weird. You know what's funny is that like I didn't I, this is going totally against my characterization and stereotype I guess. But like I just shut my brain off I guess and read through it and I was like ooh fun whatever I don't maybe it wasn't good I didn't just, I didn't notice. I just think it didn't seem like Fury like he doesn't look like Fury that scene was I'm looking at the scene with, with Jessica Drew right now and he doesn't look like Nick Fury. When I yeah. read when I read Alex Maleev stuff though I don't tend to. Worry about what like he does his own interpretations of what characters look like. Right, I but guess. but in, in in throughout the issue he changed. 
Yeah, he, his face changed. I mean, they talked about his appearance changing, but really, they only seem to reference his hair changing. And that was, it wasn't, they didn't reference his face, like, changing his face, mm-hmm. which, because yeah. he, he does, he cha- his face gets but different in not, almost every That's scene. not the story, though. In, like you, it doesn't matter. That's that's part. Of, that's he's the main character of the story. If the main character of the story looks different on every page, it's going to deter. You know, well, I always knew it was Fury. He had a big patch. Well, so, yeah, but accepting that, that I mean, I I guess I kind of noticed it, but like I feel like I haven't seen Nick Fury in so long. I don't know how they're drawing him these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, whatever. I get it. Well, I was I was hugely disappointed by it. It was just not not good. Yeah. Oh well. What can you do? Can't always hit a home run. But sometimes you can. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of swinging and hitting a, a, a ball very well, uh, which is yep. a metaphor that we have used a lot, um, we, we say a lot of times that Grant Morrison, he swings big. Uh, yep. This issue of Batman, to me, uh, was awesome? No? Yes. Just, oh, okay. It was, I was like, is it just, am I the only no, one? I, I, thought, you were, I thought you were adding a, adding a second thing there. Batman 675 was the closest to a rival to Pick of the Week first Justice League. It was almost I, Pick of the Week. I'm so glad I picked this up because I hadn't been picking up the, the Batmans lately, and I just sort of was like, well, let's see where we're at. Um, I had so much fun reading this, and this felt like, oh, this is what Batman's supposed to feel like when Grant Morrison does it. You know? Yep, this is the issue right before the Rest in Peace storyline begins in this title, so... We're tra- sort of transitioning out of this, the previous stuff into the whatever is coming. Um, clearly, Batman's having psychological issues. Yes. Uh, is he going to so, take a leave of absence like Iron Man? Uh, I think, I, I mean, uh, the original rumor was he was going to die, and then we all heard that DC, um, Time Warner freaked out on DC. So I think what they, I would, if I would guess, I would assume that he's stepping down. Interesting. He's going to hit the road like Kane. <laughs> um, and if you saw yesterday's um, video show, then you then you know Morrison said his his idea was what would happen if Batman was real, and I think his I think his idea is that um, uh, this is all doing too much for him, for one man to take, and he's gonna have to step down. So interesting. Dick? Who knows? I mean, that's the thing. It's probably gonna be Jason Todd, but that's I mean. That's it's gonna be Todd. No way, really. That's that's been the rumors for since the beginning, but. Um, that would be awful. Just, just because it makes it controversial, people will pick it up. I mean, Dick's already reason. Dick's already taken over. Dick's already taken over for Batman once when he when he broke his back after he came back and defeated um, Azrael. Dick was Batman they're, they're for a while. So back, already uh, had, that, it's already happened. So they're going to bring back the Frenchie. Oh God, no! Um, <laughs> that would be bad. So does that mean? But that- I mean, it, it, it's all coming together. I think everything that he's written about all these storylines that people have said that made no sense are all. I think, I, I think they're all going to come together because they all have kind of had a thread going through them. Do you just the the last page of this was beautiful by the way. Just yep. like I was like that is how you make comic books. You know, just the, like art and story coming together and just and it was a big it was big bold pages in this. This felt like a this felt like one of the again it felt like one of those 70s Neil Adams comic books. You know what I mean? Just big and, and Well, that's what he said he was going for. Yeah, that's yeah, totally it's totally that. But it, he got kind of lost in that in a, in a while and he wasn't always doing it. Not lost, but he just wasn't always going for that. I really liked that. That was fun. Um, some of the stuff in the middle of his run didn't really feel like that, but this was this was great. I just I put this down. I was like, "Wow, I really, I just really enjoyed that book. That was great." Yeah, yeah no, it was really really good. And this was this was the closest. Um, and now I'm really looking forward to the rest of, rest in peace storyline. Even though I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> catch, my, catch, my, so catch my drift. I wonder if the Batman in Trinity is is Bruce Wayne. That's I don't know. Yeah. 
It does. It does look like the um, the 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 kind of helmety kind of head kind of looks like what uh, Jason Todd was wearing in Countdown as with Robin. So he's also screaming as he's piloting that thing. Like, doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So yeah, maybe. I, I think Who that's knows? just how Bagley draws faces. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't read this book, so maybe it's Ted Ford. <laughs> I have I have nothing to add, but uh, so that's on, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> I did I did read Checkmate number twenty five. Oh, we are just cruising from book to book with smooth transitions here. That's the beauty. Go for it. Um, <laughs> um, I uh, Checkmate number twenty five was uh, Greg Rucka, Greg Rucka's last issue, right in the book. Yes. Yeah. Um, although we never found out exactly how much the writing he did versus the this Troutman guy, um, who has Troutman co-write. Troutman is a pseudonym. <laughs> for, for what? For Rucka. For, uh, he splits up the writing duties so that he can feel more humble. Amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, so this is this was the uh, the Rooks uh, attack on Cobra. To, uh, was it Cobra? Yes, it was. Yeah. I know that's not usual to say, but it's true. But it's so funny because because actually the Rook, I went, while I was reading it, I'm like, this feels like GI Joe. Like yeah. this had this, this had a strong GI Joe vibe to me. Yeah, I um, feel like GI Joe the comic. Yeah, it's it really stalker. Did. Uh, yeah, totally. Stock was in it, but um, so it was really interesting. Was that I really, really liked the first couple of pages with the with the um, four uh, horizontal strips showing the rooks kind of coming together. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done and a lot of fun to read. Um, and then you know, it just it was a great kind of it was a great mission. You know, yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I just, that was great. So you know, at the beginning of this series, uh, twenty five issues ago. By the way, are you, I'm just shocked it made it twenty five issues. By the way. Uh, well, still, it's two good years. Two good years. Yeah, still keep going. Not, the book. The book's not dead. Let's not. I'm sorry. Me. The book is dead. The book's dead. <laughs> Come on, Bruce Jones. The book is dead. <laughs> yeah, the, the book's probably. way dead. Even Rucko, <laughs> like whatever. He made some backhanded compliment. He's like, well, this, I didn't have anything to do with who they chose to take it. You know that 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 book's dead. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I I loved I loved the end of this because I was like, wow. I mean, you could kind of see it coming, but the whole time, you know, it was just a, a little sort of classic comic book misdirection thing. But I had a, I had a ton of fun with it, and the sort of Batman, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman being there to to be the sort of moral compass of everything, and and you're trying to wonder which way uh, Sasha's going to go. Like it was just fun. I, I had yeah. to, the beginning of this title was so much more confusing than what it ended up being. I think you know, like he he really hit his stride over the past five ten issues. I guess where where like each issue was just really good. Yeah. Yep. Not a lot of confusion. There were two things I really liked about this issue. One, I liked the use of the Starro DNA to give them all telepathic um, creepy as hell though powers, and I liked yeah. the fact that all the dialogues overlapping it was very yeah. well conceived. Yeah, um, handled telepathy and, in a way that we haven't seen before. I thought that was yes, really cool. where yeah. the dialogue was said, uh, and it, it was just crazy. Um, and apparently, it's like Skype. There's a slight delay. <laughs> what? And uh, I, well, two things I really liked about this issue. One was the Starro DNA. Um, that was going back. Never mind. Um, then when Batman landed his ship, uh, I got a little um, excited. Yeah, the Batman landing the ship was pretty cool. No, because um, you don't see the Batplane much these days. No, not that because because, because Sasha because Sasha sort of walking towards the plane and, uh, and they haven't had a scene together. Oh yet. right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm. And I got a little, I got a little little uh, gaspy like, oh, what's gonna happen? I was like, oh, they, went, <laughs> they went back to the pointy shoulder Batman. Oh. He's oh, using the Howard Porter reference. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, good ending. Sad to see it go. Yeah. 
But hey, sorry. Man, maybe Bruce Jones will pull. I will. I will. I won't know. Let us know. But so, but it should it should it should go without saying that probably what the what will like three or four trades come out of this twenty five issue run? Yeah. yeah. So you know, three or four trades will come out, and it will be near near comic perfection, and you can hang. Hey, it it's, out. A, it's, a, it's it's respectable in this day and age for yeah. a book like that. Totally, it was a great yeah. run. I, honestly, did you ever think that I would be here at issue twenty five still reading it? Uh, no. Yeah. No, the, the math doesn't add up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> should we all thank Daryl then? Thank yeah, you, thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Daryl. If you're out there He's stalking call the in and tell us how awesome Justice League was, anyway, yeah. it, and it, I would agree with him. It was good. Yeah, you didn't buy it, Josh. I didn't know. You lose. Well, I didn't. If you change your mind, you can. Wednesday. If you change your mind, you can get a Jim Hanley's Universe. It's one of America's best, most progressive comic book stores. Jim Hanley's Universe offers the best selection of comic titles, related merchandise, from mainstream to manga to minis. Jim Hanley's Universe has it all. Jim Hanley's Universe is located opposite the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. And you can visit Jim Hanley's Universe on the web at jhuniverse.com. Visit them at MySpace at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Jim Hanley's Universe where literature meet. Go get that Justice League issue, Josh. Easily accessible yeah. from the NRWF. Whatever. <laughs> those are the trains in Manhattan for those of you not here. Lots you're of gonna, trains. You're going to do it. you got to sell it, man. You can't bail halfway through. I you can't remember. you got to go all the way through. It's all yeah, of them. See? I started to say the G, and I was like, that's not right. The Q, no. the F, the uh, N, the R, the W. Wow, you sound like my grandfather betting on the horses at Belmont. <laughs> um, it I put twenty on the, the the four and the W and the anyway. So um, so Young Avengers presents number three, number four came out uh, this week and yep. um, and what's what's really interesting what's 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 tough about these books um, this is it was written by Paul Cornell who we had the pleasure of meeting at the New York Comic Con this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very fine writer indeed, and um, it was penciled by Mark Brooks, who I, I've actually know a lot of people who really like Mark Brooks, and I can't say I'm a big fan of him. Um, I liked him better on the on the it was the Ultimate Spider-Man annuals. Yeah, that was like his 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 like his high moment. Um, yeah. But anyway, but um, these Young Avengers presents books are interesting because okay, so so for those of you who don't know, a few years ago. Um, um, I want to say Damon Lindelof, but it was Alan Heinberg. Alan Heinberg. Heinberg. Heinberg wrote a really really like like. Like, like a minus grade series um, called Young Avengers. It was it was twelve issues. No, no. I mean, it was really, really, really. Like, I loved it. It was close to perfect. It there were a couple it of flaws. It wasn't the Watchmen, but it was really good. Right, it was really good. Jim Jim Chung did the pencils. They were just amazing. And it was um, the Watchmen of Young Avengers books. Yes, exactly. And. Um, <laughs> And what happened was is that then then Alan Heinberg, who was writing the OC at the time or working on the OC at the time, then went to work on Grey's Anatomy, and then he he went and did his TV job, which is what they had, what they do. Um, for some reason, he has a stranglehold on these characters, um, and they've appeared in Civil War, they've appeared in other things like that, but. Um, and he claims he's going to come back and do another series with them, but not for several years. So in order to bridge that gap, they said, well, we're going to do Young Avengers Presents, and we'll get different writers and artists to, to work on the, the char- to single one-shots of the characters, and Heinberg and Chung will have you know input to it, and we'll stay true to the characters. And what's tough then is that you get a book that doesn't really matter, and that's what yep. these books have been. You know, and, it's, and I feel bad because you know, Paul Cornell, I think he wrote a good issue – of a comic book that doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like this is this is a story. This is a story focusing on the Vision, and he goes and visits visits Stature, who is um, uh, the old Ant Man's daughter, who's in uh, who's in the Initiative, and he kind of he he the Vision chose Captain America's side, uh, anti Reg, and um, 
and this is the first time they've kind of met since since it all happened. And he kind of professes, and towards the end of it, he professes his love for her. And it's a very cute romantic story. And I thought it had some great moments. I thought it was a good story, it had some good action. But in the grand scheme of things, like in the context of it being in the initiative, I feel like this book is a year too late already. Um, and then it just generally just doesn't matter. So I feel it's not you know, a year too late because the other stuff's going on. This is after the fact, and people trying to put their lives back together afterwards, which is well, yeah, true, yeah, no. But I feel, but I feel like uh, with the with the whole initiative thing falling flat on its face a year later after it started, the, the as we talked about before, the initiative doesn't really matter. So um, yeah, but you you were arguing that it did last week, and we were saying it didn't. No. Oh. Yes. Yes. No, I was I was arguing. No, what, what are you talking about? Were you talking about the the um, Rhodes, Jim Rhodes, or? We were talking about. We Pan. said it wasn't a, an Avengers book. Oh, I was saying it is an Avengers book. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. But the whole of, uh, initiative is. concept to me d- hasn't been executed very well. The book's still happening. It's got, it's got no influence outside of its own pages. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's so what. That's I mean. all we were saying. And you were like, right. "No, no, it's an Avengers book." And Hank yeah, I'm not saying it's not. It's just. It's not. It's just Avengers is in the title. Right that's there's a cover. You need to pick a side, you flip flopper. <laughs> anyway, but so you know, so that this book was it was tough because I want to like it because I love these characters, but you know. All right, let so. me just go on record and just say, hey, this is the weirdest show we've ever done because <laughs> this is you guys just going well, blah, and I'm going no, no, it was fine, it was good. You know what? <laughs> I don't know what sort of world where what else world kind of thing is got going on. What sort of bizarro world. Listen, I never it's almost read like a the square world. I just, I guess, I just missed it, and I think, I think that I missed it mainly because. Back then, uh, when I heard about it, the pitch – and this is from my comic book guy – was, it's the guy who writes for the OC. And I was like, I don't want to buy that. So I never read Young Avengers. And I, it's one of those oh, things – I, I know. I know. We've, we've done this. Ron thinks I should buy it. That's fine. I probably should. It's one of those things I keep meaning to pick up. And every time I, I pick it up, I'm like, I don't really want to spend 20 bucks on this right now. And literally, that's oh. the only reason. Um, however, uh, what this did for me is, since I never read it um, – it, it rekindled uh, my my fond feelings for the Vision, which of course reminded me of the old Avengers West Coast, which I used to read, which were sort of my in my formative years. It's my Excalibur to Ron's uh, experience, I suppose. Just to quickly build on that, the cover by Jim Chung with the Vision on top of the uh, other artists' classic visions was awesome. But anyway, yes. okay. Um, and and uh, and and so because of that, I was like, I was kind of interested in seeing because I don't know what the Young Avengers are. I was like, now this is Vision, but it's not. And I, I just I liked it. I thought it was a good updating of the character. Um, yeah. I really li- always like the Vision for whatever reason. He's sort of the the Martian Manhunter of the of the Marvel universe. I think like yeah. he yeah. he's he's yeah. on the team. He's formidable. He's a bit alien, but he you know he's got a humanity about him. And I yeah. thought this was really good for for one thing. I was like, this is just two people talking the whole time. Yep. That's and, and and it was still fairly compelling and I didn't know either of the characters. I, I had fun with this issue. It was it was it wasn't it wasn't the most amazing thing ever, but it really it it felt good and it reminded me of comics that I really liked. So Yeah, and, and one, so, one moment made me laugh out loud and that was the car full of aim guys. Yes, I love that. <laughs> that was really good. Cut, yeah. cut to some sort of some sort of sedan sitting out on the street and there's four aim guys packed in it in their full suits. And that made me laugh. <laughs> I love aim. Aim is great. It's, yeah. it's a funny image. Aim is anytime you can throw aim in, I'm I'm down for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a cheap and wonderful gag. Uh, how about them new gods? They dead? Well, here's the problem. The new Gods number eight came out. This is the finale of the new God, Death of the New Gods miniseries. And um, uh, it would have worked much more dramatically had this issue come out last week. Because <laughs> um, last week in Countdown, Darkseid killed... Oh, um, Orion killed Darkseid. And then um, that happened. So this, and this issue is the beginning of that fight. 
on uh, oh, wow. out in space. So Darkseid up Orion start fighting. Darkseid escapes to Earth, where he then oh. gets, he follows him in, in the countdown and kills him there. So really, um, this I don't know if this is scheduled. I don't know if this issue came out late or if this this book itself got clearly countdown didn't come out late because it was every week. But if this book came out one, even one month late, then that would have screwed up everything. But um, it was good, but that one little thing, you know, kind of threw it off. It, it would have been really dramatic had it gone the other way, but having having the ending already spoiled kind of ruined the whole. It would have been really cool if, if it came out the week before last. Yeah, yeah, been. absolutely. Oh well. So, so that happened. No. But it was good. So, so that happened. So, so does the my story... only point of that is it would have been better had that had that come out. So does the, week the story, like if if you were to buy the trade of Death of the New Gods, I guess when it comes out, does the story not actually end in it? It ends. It it ends in that the new gods are all killed, all right. and the only, you're you're, you're left title. with <laughs> you're left with um, no. There's a complete story here. The only thing you're not left with is the fa- final fate of Darkseid, which happens in Countdown. But everything else, uh, the new the new uh, apocalypse and um, oh, fuck the other one. I'm I'm blanking on um, the other the good planet. Uh, new Genesis. Okay. New Genesis. New Genesis. Wow! They get merged. Look at me! Look at me pulling out the new gods. <laughs> they get they get merged into one planet, and then all the other new gods are dead, and they're preparing for the the, the next the it's next wave of gods. Mm-hmm. So that was good. It was very, Jim Starlin on the writing and the art for eight issues, and um, that's awesome. That that's that's been a big old classic sort of cosmic Kirby esque fighting and characters and and uh, bombast. Yeah, really, really good. All right. Really, really good. So, uh, real quickly, we wanted to mention Ultimate Spider-Man 121. Yeah, I don't know why. I think um, there was something that made me really laugh in this issue, and that is Omega Red attacks the Bugle because he's pissed off. He's not getting any work because his, his he's been slandered in the paper. Yep. And I was laughing because he's Omega Red's got Jonah tra- J. Jonah Jameson tra- trapped in his in his closet, um, and it just it was just funny to me that this guy was saying. He he was talking about how he's considering coming to get revenge, and he thought, "No, these people are just doing their jobs. I can't get mad at them." It just seemed like very <laughs> yeah. sort of standard to yeah. have this big guy with pointy ears, and and um, uh, it, it just made me laugh. I don't know yeah. why. Just Dennis has Dennis has been very funny lately. And then the fact the fact that the fact that Omega Red is in Jameson's office, and then Spider Man bursts in, and there's like about you know five or six pa- panels of fight, then where everyone outside in the office doesn't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're all just kind of like something going on in there. Like, just <laughs> I thought that I thought there's, there's two things that were great about this issue. Um, it was a like the just sort of the the uh, uh, Peter Parker in high school drama kind of thing. Like they're keeping that yeah. amped up enough. Like oh, I can't keep my life straight. That that's that essence of Spider Man kind of thing. The pressure, everything. Um, B. I thought I thought that the the whole the whole Daily Planet stuff was really fun. From jo- from Jonah not going. I, I don't know who you are. And also just Spider-Man was written really well in this. Like the, it was a really fun classic Spider-Man fight where he was quipping and running around and just doing stuff. And it was just, it was just good old classic stuff. So, I think yeah. he's been energized since Simonin has come on. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah totally. I think the, 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 the writing's gotten better. But the idea that there's the super, villains, the super villains sit around reading the paper, you know, reading about them going, Gah! Yeah. It's funny. I mean, get, get that. Oh, he's just doing his job. He's writing articles. But, oh, he wrote about me. <laughs> and uh, the the last book I wanted to mention really quickly was Fable seventy two, which came out this week. This is sort of like a a one shot, which is well, sort of it's in the middle of the big story, but it focuses on Cinderella, who, um, in in the time since she's been on Earth, has become the world's foremost spy slash assassin. 
and it is the most fun characterization that that I've seen in this book in such a long time. And then her her um her foil in this is Hansel from Hansel and Gretel, and he's like mm-hmm. the uh, classic German bad guy because his name is Hansel. Oh, mm. and and so like he's the the dude from Indiana Jones who gets his face melted. Like it, like imagine that that's what Hansel is in this. And right. like she's just completely badass, and and you know he's you know, vaguely bumbling. And this was totally like a great imaginative issue, and I had a lot of fun. There's a, tons of fighting and tons of action, um, and I was just a, another really really strong issue. Although the borders of this, which were a picture of a shoe because it's Cinderella, uh, were really annoying. Uh, but besides <laughs> that, it was great. Like like Connor, I think you would have really liked this issue a lot. It's fun stuff. Yeah, there was a big discussion on the forums this week about fables, whether or not. I was going to start up reading it again because I've sort of forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's your Young Jury's Avengers. No, I've read, I read the first issue of Young Avengers. It was good. Yeah. All right. Young Avengers. Anyway, cool. So, um, so that, those are the comics that we thought were um, worth discussing. But, um, it was a light week. It was a light week of books. It was a light week. But um, if, if you head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the list of comics that came out this week. And actually, the ifanboy community um, weighs in on what they think of some uh, – what they th- thought of the comics that came out. And so we wanted to highlight a couple of them. Um, Connor, do you want to take the, the first one? Uh, I could, but I'll probably be the only one to talk about a face – writes and said about countdown to final crisis number one he gave a story a two out of five and an art three out of five and uh he says countdown number one is everything i've begun to expect from a final issue in every event i've read, read, read recently it was sappy and lame final issues slash epilogues are like that they're the conclusion to a story and i thought this was a good one to hi- highlight because i see people everywhere gnashing their teeth over it um it was it was an epilogue yeah the the climax was last issue yep uh, so this is the standard epilogue come down from the climax. So I didn't see what everyone was freaking out about. This was pretty normal. Listen, yep. If this was Lord of the Rings, you'd be reading it for three days. So it was the last thirty minutes of Lord of the Rings, basically. I mean, yeah, I did. I did like the humor of Ray Palmer getting just getting more and more annoyed as people showing up at his house. I thought that was kind of yeah. fun. Get but, out of my house! And I thought it was funny where the, the you know who monitors the monitors. I, thought, I was like, all right, well, okay, Watchmen. Anyway. Um, so yeah, countdown, yay. Um, so our next review comes from O'Caroline, uh, and she's writing about uh, Uncanny X-Men number 497, which she gave the story a 4 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And she says, with issue number 497, I'm happy to say I've learned to stop worrying and love this title again. This comic was just straight up fun, with two teams of X-Men on different sides of the world fighting bad guys via resourceful use of their powers. Resourceful, in Cyclops' case, meaning hide behind your girlfriend's impenetrable skin, and Wolverine's meaning fall real good. And um, I gotta agree with her. This this arc, I've been you know, I'm gonna read X Men till the day I die. So you know, so it's not really, it's really kind of non negotiable. But this Unless kind of I don't think you need to worry it. about that. I think worry about them. Yeah. Unless they renumber uh, it. <laughs> Unless they renumber it. Right. Promise. Oh, you made that promise. I want that to happen so bad. <laughs> Listen, but I will pay Joe Casada ten thousand dollars just I would to do too. that. To I would. I like it. if we could take up uh, if we could take up a, <laughs> some sort of way to get that done. A petition. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um but yeah no i thought this issue was actually it, it, was, it was fun i had no no problems with this issue i thought it was great i don't know if i if uh, the art i still have a little bit of trouble with but so far the story's been great so who's, who's um, i think mike Choi is the artist yeah he's uh just been made uh marvel exclusive they they are signing everybody up they can get their hands on yeah, um i i i think the best part of uncanny x-men is the art all right well. i think i think the story is like very average 
Yeah, but but, yeah. but it's, it's but average is a negative connotation, which it shouldn't. It's like right. it's not great, it's not bad. It's just very much. And that, and honestly, that's the story that it needs to be leading up to whatever happens in five hundred. Right, I, I agree. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I just think that oh, I I gasped there involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I um, it's just it's just it's there. It's good. It's not great. It's not bad. I read it and I, I'm not upset. I did, but nor am I excited that I've read it. Like you know, it's okay. just there. Yeah. Well, like I said, right now we're it's it's a come down kind of you know like it's a and then five hundred probably will amp it up again and so anyway. So um so if you want to share if you want to tell everybody what you thought of the comics that came out this week or next week or last week or any week coming up in the future, um head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can do your own pull list and write your own reviews. And if you need to buy your comics, you might want to look at uh, the discount comic book service uh, located at DCBS dcbservice.com um, they're a great online retailer for comic books uh, they've got monthly specials up to comics up to 75% off uh, generally they're about 40% off the major publishers um, what you can do is you go on the website you can pick the comics you want to buy and then they'll ship them to you for a flat rate of $5.95 for all US uh, domestic orders uh, pretty much anything that comes in Diamond's previews catalog you can order they've got over 5400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for you if you're like Connor, you can track the orders and see the every step of the way as it goes from like the, to do that. Yeah. the warehouse to the delivery truck to other things. So, um, so yeah, so head over to DCB, DCBService.com and order your comic books. Um, and we also quickly want to mention um, InStockTrades.com uh, is another website where you can get trade paperbacks. And they've got our uh, April book of the month, uh, Justice League International, discounted at 47% off. So the book's like 13 bucks. You can only get it for like a couple more days left in April. So um, make sure you uh, go to InStockTrades. I can pick that up as well. Email. We've, we've been letting the email uh, pile up. Yep. And so let's, let's knock some out of the park tonight. All right. Boys? Yay, baseball's back. The first email is from Chris C. from Sacramento, California, and he says, I regularly listen to the podcast and read lots of online sites about comics. I have a limited amount of my income and I, that I can vote, devote to comics. Buying a trade means that it's $15 I can't put towards other things. My, I or my children might need. Ouch. So for me to buy a trade, I, it needs to be a lock, so to speak. I recently bought a trade that was well-received, Invincible Volume 1, and I found the art to be decent for the story, for the story to be run of the mill, and I really regretted my purchase after huge buyer's remorse. I don't expect trades to be Watchmen every time, but it seems like I get disappointed more often than not. It seems so often lately I'm, I don't seem to have an affinity for what many readers love currently. I enjoy Whedon Comics, The Twelve, Project Superpowers, The Boys, and a few others. I just don't have time to stand in the comic store and read the trades before I buy them. It's almost like I need a different review scale. What do you suggest I do for my get problem? Get rid of the kids or get a second job. Oh. <laughs> have, you, have you looked into BitTorrent? Oh. <laughs> um, That's really funny. I, I, I don't know what to tell him, Chris. I'm sorry. Um, it's tough because ultimately you're the, you're the arbiter of you're the final arbiter of your taste. I mean, we we can all recommend books, but if yeah. you have to decide whether or not it sounds like something you would like, all three of um, us love Invincible, and many people have, but some people don't like it. You know, we can't. Uh... And what's what's really interesting is that there'll be times where there'll be comics that that we all like or our friends like, and that and then, and that we've got things that we agree on, but then we'll suggest something and we you know radically disagree on it. You know what I mean? Like everybody has that different taste, and you don't really know until you read it. So it's kind of hard. You're basically you know, asking. How can I be sure that the things I buy are things I love? And you there's can't. no way. Yep. 
I mean, not in any medium, not in film, not in television, yeah, not in anything. Right. You have to you have to watch it or read it to decide. So the he, good thing, hopefully, he didn't buy the Invincible oversized hardcover well, in hundred bucks. If he did, he would have gotten to the second and third trade area, and he would have been yeah. like, "Oh, I was wrong. This is completely effing awesome." You have two options: uh, one, deal with it; two, go to the library. Yes, library. Library is a good idea. Gosh, Gosh. Yeah. and it. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, my mom's a librarian, and I was recently, I recently visited her, and I went into the library. They had an entire room dedicated for comics for like the past two months, and like for the next two months. And like, not only was it like you think when I kind of you know I dismissed the like, oh, they're gonna have you know they're gonna ghettoize comics, they're gonna put it in the kids section or all this kind of stuff. They had R. Crumb, they had Watchmen, they had um, uh, uh, Will Eisner's uh, uh, you know the God, the conversation with God one. Like yeah. it, it was. I mean, like they, there was such a selection. Libraries have come really far in the past ten years on comics. So, like, definitely go to your local library. Did you yeah. steal any? No, I didn't steal any. <laughs> I see that I gave him. I gave him some really bad options, but then I gave him a good option. Yeah, that was a great one. Good yeah. job, John. Ron, take us all. Take all right. So our next email comes from Brian. Um, who says that? Uh, so my friends and I were having that classic argument about about shapeshifters today. Yeah, that classic <laughs> argument about shapeshifters. I, I had it yesterday at work. Now, um, and Brian decided he wanted to get our input on it. When a shapeshifter like Morph or Chameleon Boy becomes a woman, can he get pregnant? And if he did get pregnant, would, what would happen if he changed back into a man while pregnant? I thought that he could change his entire body, including internal sexual organs, into a female reproductive system, but, would, but wouldn't be able to conceive. What do you think? This is serious business. Well, Brian, I'm glad you've asked because I've been thinking about this for years. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, well, it stands to reason if you can change your out, out, outer appearance, you should be able to change your internal appearance, right? I would, I would say that you would change your internal appearance, but I would, I would agree with him that probably he wouldn't. They, he would produce eggs. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to. Yeah, wouldn't be able to to to, to keep the baby or hold on. But if he makes it makes he makes fallopian tubes, why couldn't he produce eggs? Because he's barren. So perhaps you could say a character like Mystique, for example, is, isn't yep. actually biologically female, but sort of psychologically female. So that's what she relates to. So that's what she becomes. Right. So she's like – if so she's like a – Right. But, but, that, but how does that affect the physical organs? Like does, is, Mystique, is Mystique a woman and can Mystique you know, carry a child? I don't know. Yeah, she's a woman. Mystique's a woman because she chooses to be a woman is what Josh said. She, she's right. psychologically female. She could be whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But theoretically, I mean, if you have that, if, I mean, the, the question then becomes: when they're changing their form, are they actually changing the function of those items that they're changing, or is it just uh, yeah. cosmetic? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Grant Morrison could do some really fucked up shit with this. I think there's a great, there's a huge door opening for like the the transgendered superhero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, this is. I mean, I I kind of categorize that with like could Lois Lane carry Superman's baby? You know what I mean? That sort of thing. You know, like the no. you know, right? Right? Because the force of no, he's the force of him. Well, no, well, not right. Not but compatible life forms. What do you think the chances are that? I mean, you couldn't you couldn't fuck an armadillo and have a kid. I mean, they're, <laughs> well, no, they're but, biologically but, but even, completely but even different. Before, even before the egg, even before the egg and the sperm joining, it, the, the, the like the mall rats argument, the force of him. Oh, no, no, Superman no, no, just punch a hole back. Superman has <laughs> remarkable muscle control. I'm serious. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> It'd probably uh, give her cancer and kill her. Is what would really Daniel. Happen. Daniel from Australia writes and says, just wanted to get your thoughts on talking comics with people who don't read comics. I was talking to a friend about superheroes I liked. My friend knows the major ones but doesn't read comics. He said, Green Lantern is my favorite hero. I asked him which one, and his reply was, what? Not knowing that it's not just one character, I went on to explain the just Green Lantern core. 
Another instance was I was at work and I made mention of Batgirl. A younger guy asked who she was, and before I could answer, another guy responded, Alfred's niece. So I'm just curious if this happens to you guys, and do you correct them or let it slide? I let it slide. You do not, <laughs> you bigot, you liar. No, I do. I, I, I now I actually do. listen. Okay, <laughs> you no, got it completely like wrong. No, you were at work. You well, are with us. Is- the problem, well, yeah, because with us, with all of us. But the problem is, like at work, it's funny because at work, and this happens to us a lot. At work, people tend to try to go roundabout ways to associate things to comics when they talk about me, mm-hmm. because they when they talk to me, because they think that's really all I know. You know, like, oh, we got to get this project done. I guess we need Superman, huh? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah I'm just like you know, um, I, I, I like the, I, I like other things. I like the token conversation the weekend after a superhero movie. So, yeah. Josh, what'd you think of that X Men Three? Yeah, I think you need to leave me alone because you don't really want to talk <laughs> about it with me. And- I mean, I, I, I've gotten people coming up to me with really specific, curious questions. They're just like, "Well, wait, you know, you know, well, like I was at dinner the other night and someone picked up Secret Invasion randomly, hand read comics for like five years, and he's like, yeah, that was really, really, or like more, like since he was a kid, and he's like, yeah, it was really, really good. He's like, but why are the Avengers fighting? Like, why, why are they split? And I was like, uh huh. Well, you see, in Stanford, and I had to explain everything for like an hour during this dinner, and I was like, you know, I really don't want to talk about this. I had a friend who was a stand-up comedian, and he had this whole bit in it that was about superheroes, like he did a Hulk thing, and he used to call me all the time for clarifications. Like there was like a month period where I was just getting – like all the time, and it was like this one that we couldn't solve was how does Superman fly, and like I was writing to Superman writers and trying to get answers and things like that, and it was just – it didn't – I mean, I mean, I think in these two scenarios, I definitely let the Green Lantern thing slide. But yeah. um, uh, I actually have, in like the Batgirl scenario, I have engaged people in discussion about the difference between comics and, and the movies. Yeah. Like if somebody said Alfred's Nietzsche, I would have probably said, yes, that's one version. Another version is this. I pro- but I wouldn't, you know, go around doing that. Yeah. We, I mean, n- none of us are comic book guy going, no, excuse me, you're wrong. You know, like it's not like that. I mean, it's the same thing. Honestly, it's the same thing with Star Wars stuff. I mean, people say stuff about Star Wars that's wrong all the time, and I either just let it slide or I just try to politely correct them and go, no, actually, but, you know. But, but he keeps a list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on it, buddy. And he right, quietly Josh. Mar- mutters to himself. You give me the shortest email in the world to read. Do it. Jay do from it, Southern California it. says, do each of you have a favorite editor? Fantastic question. Yeah, I like Perry the, White. <laughs> Great I like Caesar's Ghost. Thelma Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, that's right, film geeks. Um, do you pay attention to the editors anymore? Yes. No. <laughs> Sometimes. Certain editors, Never. certain editors I know sort of get do good projects and stuff. Like the Vertigo editors, I kind of pay attention to who's doing. Well, what. like yeah, Will Dennis and, and like, and, yeah. well, like even like back, you know, like Bob Shrek was a guy who who yes. you knew when he was editing a book, it was going to be pretty good because he was the guy who was responsible for uh, the great detectives and Batman's and, and the Green Arrow. Dark Knight Strikes Back. Yeah, of 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 no, uh, the Dark Knight Strikes Back. Well, no, I, uh, I didn't. Hate yes, that. he did do it. He did edit that. Um, I, they're trying to promote the editors now as sort of superstars like writers. They're trying to well, make no, actually, yeah, well, well, because well, no, because actually, it's different because I think I think Marvel is because like, you got the Axel Alonso's of the world. It's supposed to be you know like the the awesome editor and all that kind of Steve stuff. Wacker, yeah, well, yeah, and Wacker, but like DC, DC is trying to hide the editors. DC doesn't want the editors talking to the to podcasts or anything. I mean, like possibly DC. because um, all of the editorial problems at DC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. someone to yeah. someone to aim the ire at. Um, yeah. But I honestly don't. I, I'm sorry if editors are listening. I don't 
pay attention to I'd, who's I'd love to see who's working on books I like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like 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 the editorial team on Nova is is a good editorial team if you ask me. You know what I mean? Well, you like, you know, know the thing is though it's like a film score. If I know if I've noticed the editor that's a, then there's a problem. Like that means I'm looking for who's responsible for this problem. Right, yeah, yeah, no, you know but there's times when you look for something Something to be really good, you know. So no, I, I'm I saying do me, I don't, I don't ever look for it unless I, I want to know who to blame. You know what sometimes, I mean? Like I don't have. But beforehand, like sometimes editors have certain types of book. Like I was talking about the 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 Vertigo stuff, and you you mentioned Will Dennis. Like so, he does Hellblazer, and he does uh, you know like Hundred Bullets, and so he is more that sort of gritty, edgy, violent. The scalped, I think, is his. You know, whereas like Shelley Bond has a completely other type of book that she seems but, to do. And then, and then, and then, you know, meanwhile, you know, like Brevoort has kind of moved into this, you know, kind of godlike editor position at Marvel, and like I said, Alonzo, but like you don't really hear anything about like Bill Roseman, you know, or or, or you know, Annihilation, any, you know, yeah, well, yeah, he was on Annihilation, yeah, but still, anyway. But um, all right, let's get to the last question. All right, last question, Ryan from Wichita, Kansas. Um, with the release of the Iron Man movie drawing ever closer, I can't help but notice all the hype of this movie, and I just don't mean from the fans in Iron Man comics. I'm talking about the hype from places like Walmart and Burger King. This movie is going to be promoted like hell to kids who have absolutely no idea who Iron Man is with all the toys and the blasters and even the god-awful candy and birthday supplies. Then the theater will be filled with annoying little kids who are there because they saw an action figure for it in the store. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't, my, um, I didn't, kind, I didn't kind out about superhero- find, out, find, find out. out about superheroes from toy commercials. I learned about them from reading comics about them How and even watching you? tv series based on the comics all the days of spider-man the animated series plus do we really want children idolizing an alcoholic playboy of course if anyone knew anything about iron man that wouldn't be a problem and i wouldn't be stuck in a theater with a bunch of annoying kids who won't shut the hell up did josh send this question in i'm now I, let me so now for this question. As true comic fans, do you feel a little discouraged to see so many kids getting to know your favorite comic heroes and villains through burger king may i Yes. Okay, if you want comics to stick around, you better get the fucking kids to like it. Because yeah. if you're going to act like an elitist person who doesn't want people – I'm a true fan, it's yeah. dead. It's dead yeah. right now. And I'm sorry, but we've been selling movies and stuff through toys since Star Wars. I, well, that, look at look – at, I mean I don't know about you, Josh, but I know Connor and I, you know, Marvel's Secret Wars figures and DC superpowers oh, yeah. line. Squeeze yeah. the legs. Yeah, totally. So – and you said animated Spider-Man, so or Spider-Man the animated series, which means you're probably younger than us, or yeah. older. If he's referring to the really old one, <laughs> no, 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 that's Spider-Man that one in Friends. Which was no, even awesome. older. There was, a, there was an older one in the sixties. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. No, but he's talking. He's talking about. I, I yeah. cut this. Cut some of this email for time, and he he was referring to the little sitting nineties. Yeah. So, so yeah. listen, the kids in the movies are irritated. Sure, go to the ten o'clock show. There'll only be three or four. Sounds like somebody had a bad experience in the theater with that's a bunch of kids saying. at the comic listen, book. Connor and I went to see Spider-Man three, and the back row behind us. Was I was there. Ron was there with us. Sorry, the you? last time. The, well, he you know he sleeps during. No, he was no. there. Yeah, you're I right. I was I'm sorry. right next to you. Jesus, I was, thinking, I was thinking the last time Connor and I went to see the last movie we saw. I was putting them together because I haven't seen movies in months. Anyways, yeah. when we when we went to see Spider Man three, there was like a, a, a you know a, a bunch of kids there. But you know what? If two of those kids end up reading comic books, and and yep. and then the other the other the other benefit of all those toys and all that stuff, and the, it doesn't affect your comic books. Your comic books stay as good as ever, except they have a lot more capital to work with, and they can hire better people to work on them. Honestly, if if twenty kids see Burger King, Iron Man, Happy Meals, and ten go and buy the comics, and five keep reading them until they're our age, then then that's what we need. So you know. Anyway. Also, Iron Man is a Marvel movie, so they're going to make all that money. 
Yes, and it's going to be fucking good. I'm psyched. Next week. I'm I'm also, Alcoholic Playboy on the screen as Alcoholic Playboy in the page. Yes. Either way, it's an Alcoholic Playboy. Exactly. So. He's hardly the worst character in, in mainstream media. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. So um, if you have any questions that you want to ask us about anything or just, you know, complain to us or whatever, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And if you want yes. to get movies from uh, the mail and over the internet, uh, you can go to netflix.com, uh, who have over 90,000 titles. That's a lot. There's no late fees, free shipping both ways. you got the HD with the Blu-ray titles available. Uh, very fast delivery, usually just a day either way. They've got plans starting from just four ninety nine. And if you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy, had you not already, you can get a free two-week trial. And then everybody's happy. Am I Yay. right? Yeah. So, um, so uh, because we did so many emails, we're going to skip the voicemails. But we want to remind you that you can call us at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Thank you for calling those who did. Yes, we'll get to you next week. Uh, so this week ended long week of comics. Whew. Long. There was the New York Comic Con last week. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully, you saw the show we did on it yesterday. Um, we wanted to thank everybody we met and came to our iFanboy party and talked to and had a good time with. If you did go to that party, there's, there's about five pictures from the party up on our Flickr, our Flickr stream. Um, so if you check that out, if you, maybe you made the pictures. We didn't take them. Somebody sent them into us. If you took any pictures Please. and you were at the party, send them, send them in to us and we'll put them well, up on our either, yeah, Flickr Either send them to us or tag them iFanboy and yeah. you know, tag them iFanboy or tag them you know, New York Comic Con. We um, took a and, lot of pictures. I mean, they're yeah. out there. Exactly. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we, we we were in a lot of them. So if you sent, I would if love you took to hear about some experiences meeting us. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. The it, it, this con was a great. It was a great time in New York. Um, we, thank you for Paul. Thank you to Paul, the intern, for helping us. Dude, yeah, great job, great job. And um, we met so many, so many great people, and it was just so awesome to see the I fan base in full force. And it was just I, honestly, it was it was it was. We owned the back of that bar. We owned it. That was yeah, totally. that was our that was our best con. Come on. Yeah, totally. It totally was, and not not even not even the party was great. I mean, so many people came to the party; it was totally overwhelmed by that. But even the convention, I mean, it's just it was just so much fun to 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 see folks. To see, we saw some people wearing the iFanboy T shirt. It was, was awesome. it was great. It was excellent. So it doesn't get better than that. And it was. And so. you know what? If I do say it was a good show, people. Yes, you did. Good it was work. a good. It was a good con. It was a good con. So, um, so, but if you wanted to, uh, if you didn't, if you couldn't make it to New York and you wanted to experience the convention, um, you should go to ifanboy.com. And as of yesterday, you could see our hour-long extravaganza of the New York Comic Con that came out. Um, uh, it's also available at revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, a monster episode. Really, I got to admit, I've, I've watched it maybe three or four times now, and it's, it's, I'm just, I'm. It's great. I mean, I know I was there and I was in it, but it was a lot of fun. It was a good <laughs> and show. You're a narcissist, but um, a hundred times. But just want to remind, <laughs> just want to remind everybody: if we have this, we have a video show every Saturday. A, a, a weekly long version of the video comes out, and every day we're putting out the iFanboy minis, which are you know kind of sh- you know a shorter version of the video show talking about comics. Um, you can find it on iTunes. We've got HD versions on iTunes as well as large and small QuickTime for whatever format you like. Um, you can go to iFanboy.com and pick it up there. But also, you know, Revision Three is really busting their ass to get um, to get the show on other platforms and things like that. So, like, if you have TiVo. Um, 
there's a good chance he can find us maybe in the TiVoCast section. Um, maybe if you're a beta tester, you might be able to find it. But we're going to be coming to TiVo as a premium channel very soon, um, as well as, you know, like you, you can see us on, on – currently if you, you go to blip.tv, you can find iFanboy and Blip, um, a whole bunch of other platforms. So like basically wherever you're watching video, um, we want to put iFanboy there. So let us know where you watch video and where you want to see it because we want to make sure that everybody gets to enjoy the show. So Yeah, so if you've got TiVo, you can just you – don't, don't have to get it off the net. You just watch it right on your big TV there. Exactly. It's awesome. So, um, so definitely. So much more, much more of us than you ever needed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, and next week. Uh, so yes, yesterday you saw the uh, on Saturday. So the New York Con come out. And the next week um, is going to be an episode focusing on Grant Morrison, which is uh, going to be quite special. Great. That's great. <laughs> Isn't that though? More Grant Morrison than you can handle. Yep. That doesn't what he sounds like, by the way. Just so we're clear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ron mentioned the iFanboy minis. They're very good. They're on in the weekdays. That was my part in the script. Moving on. Actually, you skipped your part, which was the uh, pick of the website. Listen, everything got changed around. You're not a good improver. You have to take an improv. Oddly enough, I am. I've taken a lot of classes. I'm usually very good at it. Anyways, get over to iFanboy.com. There's the written pick of the week. Um, There is content every day. Paul Dini rocked house this week with his 200 words. Very funny. Very funny. Every time I see the title, oh, so good. And not only we had we had the the Jonathan Hickman's reaction to his Eisner nomination, which was very surprising. Yes, uh, yes. that was that was also excellent. Uh, he he brings it every two weeks, um, yep. and uh, all sorts of other great stuff. Good good good. Uh, it, tons of reviews on there, like we talked about earlier. Write those reviews, get them in. We'll we'll either put them on the site or read them on the show. Do all that stuff. So so get over to iFanboy.com, obviously. Yes, and um, if you head over to ifanboy.com forward slash store, you can find um, your gateway to amazon.com via ifanboy to buy all your comics. Um, purchase uh, comics, video games, music, whatever you want, purchase through Amazon. Helps us out in the end, so uh, head over to ifanboy.com forward slash store. And if you want a t-shirt, you can go to jinx.com slash ifanboy. They got the nice ifanboy t-shirts, which we saw people wearing at the convention. You can get one there, send a picture of yourself wearing the t-shirt to us or to Jinx, and uh, we'll be very happy. So jinx.com slash ifanboy. And as we mentioned, you can shoot us an email at contact ifanboy contact at ifanboy dot com or leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Uh, I want to make with the social networking, go to ifanboy dot com slash about. There's uh, more links than you'll know what to do with for uh, Connor, Ron, myself, and Gordon, and and then ifanboy is a, is a huge. Uh, you know, we're always on Twitter. We're always. Yeah, I was gonna say we really want to follow Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, it's becoming a real hotbed of comics, folks. You know, H and M at Marvel's po- posting a lot of co- comic pros like Ben Templesmith and Rick Remender and stuff like that. They're there, as well as follow us because you know I'm close to 400 followers, and I'd like to have have more, please. You so want more than me. <laughs> um, and finally, um, if you like the show. Um, we've kind of we've, we speed through this at the end, but we're gonna remind everybody. If you like the show, go to iTunes and write a review. Um, I don't know how else plainly to say it. <laughs> right. Last year we had the last year we had the big push for this. We had the competition going with around comics for who could get more reviews out of their listener base. But um, uh, we sort of neglected. We need to push again. Let's have yes. another push, folks. It we helps, uh, it helps a lot. And uh, if you like the show, take two minutes to go to iTunes. Write up a nice review um, and help spread the word. It really does help help make the show more prominent. Um, Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, other than that, if if there's anyone you think who might like the show, let them know about it. Because a lot of people don't know about podcasts. They don't know that there's this form of media out there that they can get all for free and uh, it will change their life. (laughs) 
You hear? Yeah, I will. I will change your life. <laughs> and um, if you like the show after writing a review, if you really like the show, you can go donate some cash to the cause at ifanboy.com slash donations. Or if you're just a random benefactor and you, you just give yes. out money for – if like if Bill Gates, if you're like a closet comic fan, send us a billion. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a dude who goes to Macy's every Christmas and hands out $100 bills in front of Macy's. Oh, really? We yep. got to get, get to Macy's. Shit. We I'm get a, to get <laughs> Let's keep going, keep Ron, circling the block. Ron, it would really take a lot for you, that trip to be worthwhile for you. It really would, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be like the Michigan bottle run. I mean, you have to. That is an old Seinfeld reference, and I've realized this week that every time I reference Seinfeld, I'm showing my age. That's terrible. That's all right. This has been a big week for Seinfeld. I made a bunch of Seinfeld references as well, too. Yeah. Um, and then just anyway. a bunch of 25-year-olds looking at you going, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, exactly. like, you get it's, the it's funny. Get- it's funny because it, it stands up. It really does stand up. Okay, anyway. So uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Leave this place.